0: Welcome to behind the painting scenes, to be with your host, Ryan Amato, Ryan Amato. more. You're going to find that it's not all about paint when you talk to Mark, and you're going to find some golden nuggets in here about how to live the best life that you can. I am. How are you, Ryan? Awesome. Good. It's, it's great to talk to you today.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nice to see you.
0: So briefly, we're talking with Mark Lipton today. Mark, could you tell me about yourself and what you do? Sure. Uh,
1: well, right now, I've spent my entire uh, business in the paint, my entire career in the paint industry. Uh, right now I'm working for Benjamin Moore as a strategic consultant and basically what I'm doing is just helping them uh, with some communications between uh, their corporate structure and their and their customers. Uh, this is a new gig for me this is um, I'm on about day four oh, uh, awesome. up, in, up in, yeah up until October 15th I had owned my own uh, Benjamin Moore stores they had been in my family for hundred and twelve years uh, and I had just sold them a month ago. Wow. That's a big, big move, (laughs) big change, big, big change. First off, I've gone from working in an environment where I was 100 percent exclusively the boss, as well as just a small sort of fast moving environment to a, a place where I'm about 300 on the seniority list around here out of out of about 299, I'm about 300. (laughs) <laughs> and and you know things move a lot slower in in a corporate environment but i'm i'm having a great time yeah
0: awesome and you're also a coding inspector
1: i am i do some work as a coatings inspector i do think for the next year or so this job is is going to take over just a lot of that time uh but i i work as a coatings inspector as well and and i've done other consulting but all within the paint industry
0: oh awesome this is off topic well maybe not but what about what's the most interesting um, inspection
1: job you ever had to do? Oh, man, I had this job once. This is so funny. I had this job once where the, the guy was complaining of, of delamination, right? So, in other words, the, the coating had separated from the underlying substrate, and I went to see the job as a complaint, and the coating looked absolutely flawless. It was perfect. It wasn't peeling anywhere, and I was like, what's the problem? And so... We, he showed me this one area. It was a, like a mechanics bay, and he showed me this one area of the floor where you could step on it, and the the coating would move up and down, almost like a laminate floor hadn't been installed properly. So we we ended up having no choice but to break the coating to see what was going on underneath there, and the the concrete mm-hmm. underneath the coating had been decimated. It was just destroyed. It was it it was crumbled, and so I told him like what were you thinking? How do you paint this? And it, it turns out that he didn't. The floor was in perfect condition. An engine had fallen out of a car after it painted. After they painted it. It broke the concrete underneath, but not the coating. Oh, wow. And that was one of the strangest things I've ever seen on a paint job. I don't even know like how that was possible.
0: That's amazing. We had a similar experience uh, with a floor. And um, we went out to do the inspection. And um... Our coating was completely stuck to the concrete, to the substrate. And when he showed us the failed coating, it, it, it had about a two-inch piece of concrete attached to the back end of it. So right. some, some people don't right. understand. It is,
1: listen, it's, it's nice to be able to comfortably look at the customer and say, I know it's not a coating's problem. Yeah. Right? If I'm holding two inches of concrete in my hand and it's attached to my paint, I'm pretty sure it's not a coating's problem.
0: You became a coating inspector while you
1: were... You, were, you owned the paint store. Yeah, so a number of years ago, maybe 25 years ago, Benjamin Moore made a big push. They're, it's not so much of their business now, but they made a big push into industrial coatings. And we were one of the early adopters. And very very early on, I discovered that, that there was something there for my business. There was additional value by being involved with industrial coatings. So I added the NACE certification, and then a number of years later, actually, Benjamin Moore sort of got out of that business. We were a Benjamin Moore dealer, and so that means we got out of that business. And uh, I found that the inspection was was still a valuable tool for me, and so I, I kept up my certification. It's it's not a huge part of my business, but you know, I'll do two or three inspection jobs a year, and they they pay a couple bucks, but more more than that, they're they're fun. I enjoy them very much.
0: That's awesome. There's not too many um, inspectors around down by our way.
1: There, there's not a lot of inspectors, and and also what I do on top of that, because of some of my just business knowledge and experience, I can add a lot to the inspection process. You know, and so I have I have a lot of a number of customers. A much bigger piece of my business is actually I'll do inspections. And then I'll manage the projects ah. on top of that, almost as a GC, but specific to paint. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's a nice, been a nice little niche for me.
0: Yeah. Now you saw you also write. I, I know you write it, because I see your blog.
1: Yeah, um, I do. I do a lot of writing. Could you tell me about about what you love to write about? Sure. So it's interesting. That's a that's a great way of asking that question. So what got me into this is I had been writing for years, for decades, for uh, one of the trade magazines, uh, uh, paint not paint, excuse me, the Paint Dealer magazine. And about a year ago, they they closed up. And uh, so I started blogging. I just t- started taking the same, you know, once a month writing that I was doing and putting it up online. And in a very short period of time, I found a tremendous following among independent paint retailers in general, as as well as Benjamin Moore retailers in specific. And so I shared what I was finding uh, with uh, with you know Benjamin Moore who I knew in management obviously for many years my family had been a dealer for 112 years wow so I shared with them what was what was going on and we decided that uh, this was an opportunity to to use some of that to start speaking to Benjamin Moore retailers so I'm I'm actually now just over the last few weeks starting to get into writing and providing content for a lot of topics that are really new to me and so i'm i'm really looking forward to sharing a lot of that you're going to see the next two or three months for me is going to look very much the same as what you see now and a little after that you know that three four month range and we're going to have a lot of new content for uh independent paint retailers as well as uh, in general as well as specifically benjamin more retailers
0: oh awesome that's exciting i'm sure for you yeah it's yeah. really been
1: a lot of fun i'm having the time of my life
0: okay awesome so basically the the my my whole spiel here is is selfishly i get to speak to people i'm interested in and they don't yeah. necessarily have to be in the painting industry um as i told you before i i just spoke to somebody who owns a window cleaning company um yep. i'm gonna speak to um a gentleman from sandler sales um next i don't know them um it's just a sales approach that that some people use yep. um yep so i get to call and ask people if they'll talk to me (laughs) and i get to hear that's cool yeah yeah the great things that they they tell me so i'm basically going to go down the questions are all random and um have to do with the industry might not so
1: yeah let's have them let's have cool
0: could you tell me outside of work outside of writing outside of benjamin moore um what is your what do you love to do
1: uh, well, my fiancé and I and my daughter, when she's at home, she's away at school. We spend a lot of time in the woods. We love hiking, uh, do a lot of cooking. Uh, this weekend, I was I was alone. My, uh, my daughter's out of town at school, as I mentioned. My fiancé was out of town for a concert, and so I spent the weekend at home, you know, basically nesting. I love cooking. I dried a lot of fruits. I ship them out to my whole family this time of year, make a big batch of applesauce, made probably... Three four gallons of applesauce, I jar it and preserve it and ship that out to my family. So, you know that that's the kitchen definitely gets a lot of my time on the weekends. I love
0: and it. It's another creative outlet. Yeah, like, like writing. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's definitely a very creative outlet
0: for me. Yeah, I, I love that as well. Definitely. Um, c- could you tell me? This could be personal. It could be business wise. Um, what your biggest failure was? Uh.
1: You know, I've had a few failures along the way. Uh, I don't. I don't know that necessarily. I, I could pick one as as necessarily the biggest. I'm divorced, so on a personal level, you'd obviously have to say that that's been my probably my biggest failure. Uh, you know, I've 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 run for office before uh, and and won, and I've run for public office before and lost. Uh, you would you would have to point to losing a, an election as a failure. But I don't actually look at failure the same way as a lot of people do. There are things that I've attempted in my life that I did not succeed at. And so by definition, those are failures. But I don't look at them as failures. I, I see it more as just uh, part of the process of, of living my life. But for sure, I would have to say on a personal level, you know, getting divorced is, yes. is pretty disappointing. It's a pretty disappointing act to go through. Yes,
0: I've been well. I've been through that, so I
1: understand. Yeah, so so you know, yeah, it's. And that's, tough.
0: that's a great answer. I, I, I pretty much follow that same uh, ideal. I like. You always yeah. learn from you. You learn from things that don't go right or the way that you want them, and hopefully you. Don't right, and way.
1: and and some experiences in life, Brian, It's interesting. Some experiences in life you can only get by not succeeding. <laughs> Right. And 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 notice, I didn't say failing. I said not succeeding. Right. And so what I've done by not succeeding is I've proven that that idea doesn't work, but that's not failing. I'm still going to try something else.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, flip it around. What's how about your biggest, Yeah. What, how about your biggest win?
1: Well, uh, certainly this is one of them. My new position at Benjamin Moore. Uh, definitely caught a lot of people, including probably a lot of people in this building. Uh, you know, by surprise, I was I was a retailer for thirty-something years, and and even though I had consulted uh, for many of the paint manufacturers over the course of my career, nothing as as upfront as this. And so this is certainly one of the great successes, and I'm very proud of of this accomplishment. I I turned my entire career around in. You know, the course of six months, I sold two stores and transitioned into this corporate job. So I'm I'm pretty proud of that work. And I'd mentioned before, answering the other question, uh, I was publicly elected twice. I, I served actually uh, on a board of education for a, a very large school district uh, where, where my daughter was involved, you know, when she was growing up. And I was actually selected twice by my uh, fellow board members to serve as their president. I was very proud of that accomplishment. We did a lot of really great work in those 2 years and uh, so for sure as far as accomplishment goes that would be the, you know near the top of my list. But those are sort of the accomplishments that you can touch and feel in life. The the greatest accomplishment that, that I've had in my life, you know, by far nothing even comes close to it is is I I've, I've been in my view a good parent and I think my daughter would agree and and nothing competes with that. In my view.
0: Cool. So you kind of led me into my other question. Um, thinking back to the paint store, you've interacted, I'm sure, with people every day. Yeah. Could you, could you recall uh, just your most favorite person who walked in that
1: door every day? Yeah. So it's interesting. I have a, a friend of mine, Stewie. He's, he's one of my best friends from... The very beginning. And at the time that I came into the business, I've known Stewie most of my life. The time I came into the business full time in 1988, Stewie and his father were customers of my father at the time. Oh, wow. And and so Stewie would come in and they were very busy and they bought all their paint themselves. They didn't have a a crew that did it. They bought it all and distributed it to their different crews. And so I would see Stewie and his father every morning. And Stewie was a a paint geek who was a huge Yankee fan, who loved his family, just a lot of similar sort of characteristics to the things that are important to me. And so we hit it off, and, and to this day, he's still one of my closest friends this weekend, I'm going to his son's wedding. His son worked for me for five years, so you know, just a great connection there. And and he's without a doubt, you know, one of my favorite people to ever walk through the store and through the front door of the store. And I I hung on to him because he was that interesting to be with.
0: Awesome. So you were in a painting. Your whole family's been in the painting business for over a hundred years. Um... Yeah,
1: this was my great my great grandmother. Interestingly enough. My great grandmother, uh, we believe, is is likely that she bought paint from Benjamin Moore. And when I say Benjamin Moore, I, I don't mean the company that I'm currently working for. I mean the man who started the company that I'm currently working for. He was still on the road, uh, still doing sales in uh up in the New York Metro area up till around uh, 1915 or so, 1920. Uh, my Grand, great grandmother and great grandfather started their business in 1907. We were a Benjamin Moore dealer right from the beginning, and so we don't know obviously. There's no there's no Instagram or selfie of my of my great grandmother with uh, with Benjamin Moore, but but we have really strong reason to believe that that she did. And so yes, I've been doing this for a very long time.
0: What do you? This isn't one of my questions, but what do you think? This might be too broad. What do you think the biggest change in the painting industry has been? as far as the
1: coatings themselves? So when, when I was a kid, when, when I was a kid in the stores, the only thing we sold, the, the offerings were so much more, uh, uh, so much less uh, open than they are right now. We basically had three or four products, and they came in five colors, and that was it, right? And so wall paint, when I was a kid, was uh, oil-based, it was Sani Flat. Uh, you could get an eggshell finish if you wanted a product called Delamel eggshell, but nobody used it because it was very expensive. And so Sani Flat, you couldn't tint it. It came in two gallon cans. You got white, linen white, bone white, Navajo white. That was it. And yeah. that was it. And 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 I saw that when, when I came into the business, that was probably seventy five percent of our volume was just white and off white, maybe more. And and in my time in the stores, I saw, you know, automatic tint machine, uh, automatic tint machines become standard and, and shaking machines that could spin at a much faster rate become standard. And all of a sudden the world changed for us and your typical order became, you know, your typical 15 gallon order became, you know, seven or eight gallons, uh, seven or eight colors, two or three gallons each color, you know as somebody painted their house or an apartment when i would first started in the business if somebody was painting your house and they needed 20 gallons they would come in and buy 10 gallons of white for the ceiling 10 gallons of bone white for the walls and that was it you'd be done that's been a very big change
0: was everybody open to these changes i know changes
1: uh yes i would say that that for the most part, customers were open to the changes. It was a big change in the store. My first Benjamin Moore color display rack was circular, so it it, it spun around like like the cards that you buy in like the drugstore.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So so beyond a rack, you could spin it to see the other side. Maybe there were a hundred and fifty colors on it. The whole thing was only about four feet tall and a and you know, just a few feet around now you you know uh, my stores when i left had 12 foot benjamin moore displays and some of the bigger stores they have them up to 20 feet now oh yeah and they're just they're just walls of color you know we we didn't have anything like that when i was younger in the business
0: it's amazing it is amazing my father yes who who, who was in the painting business his whole life too he's passed away now but um he was very reluctant to to change anything so if a new product came out i always like to try new things and see how it goes but uh him and my my uncles are all in the painting industry they're a little old school and not really open for for a lot of change until until they see
1: that it works and there's a lot of that in the paint business it's very difficult in the paint business i feel more challenging than other businesses it's very difficult to get uh people to adopt uh you know to it to something new
0: Mm -hmm. is that something that you you would be dealing with with the uh the retailers in your position
1: so not not so much for me I'll certainly be involved I'm sure in the communications piece of that but that won't be my messaging that would be you know Benjamin Moore messaging as they bring out new products and stuff like that I'm sure I'll I'll help because I, I have this network sort of set up and we're setting up even more you know means of reaching their customers but I, I wouldn't think that would be me doing that messaging no
0: okay all right this is a fun one. So you woke up tomorrow morning and you won the lottery. Would would you do anything different?
1: So that's a great question. Right now, if I woke up tomorrow and won the lottery, I would I would keep coming to work because the truth is I'm having the time of my life. I just built this career and and the uh, the CEO of the company, Dan, the, the guy who hired me really did a great job of of letting me carve out what topics are interesting to me and understanding where I could really help the most. And so at least for now, I'm in my dream job. I I wake up every day and I'm so excited to be doing what I'm doing. Uh, So I probably wouldn't do anything different. I have a lot of time to vacation and stuff within the confines of my job. So I I probably wouldn't do anything different. I'm not so sure. Maybe if I won the lottery I'd be doing this. I plan on doing this for another four or five years before I retire. I'm 56 now. Maybe I'd cut that down to two or three, <laughs> right? But for the time being, honestly, Ryan, I'm having the time of my life.
0: Awesome. I enjoy work. I, I don't know. I, I I really do. I like to. I'm talking to you today, and you know, uh, I get to go out every day and do estimates and talk to new people. And not not everyone is, you know, a basket full of roses, but um, right, nine out, of, nine out of ten are really.
1: Well listen when you do anything it, it you're, you don't kid yourself in thinking that every blog that i put up do i think is great work right i i put up i don't even know how much content i'm putting up right now and so by definition anytime you have a thousand of anything some is better than others right and so i i just wrote a piece now which will come out wednesday which when i read it last night i read it back to myself and i was laughing at a couple of points that laughing to myself and so i thought wow this this is a really good piece i'm really proud of this by definition that means it's better than something else that i wrote right and so not not everything is equal obviously
0: mm-hmm. if i if i spoke to your fiance what would she tell me your strongest personality
1: trait is interesting uh I, I try very hard, I don't always succeed uh, in doing this, but I, I try very hard to, to sort of view things through the eyes of the people that I'm with at the time. So when I'm spending time with my family, I'm, I'm trying to always, I'm not thinking what foods I want in my belly, I'm thinking what they want in their belly and that's what I'm providing. If, if Guy and I, that's my fiance, if, if she and I are going out for a night I'm thinking, what is it that that she wants to be doing, and that's the night that that I'm going to plan. And so I I hope that to others that that know me, that that makes me a little endearing to them because I'm I'm trying very hard to 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 do that for people. But it's awkward right. to talk about. That's a, that's a that's an odd question. That's
0: a great perspective, though. I like that. I mean, that's something I could use, and that's why I think talking to you and other people can hear it. Um, yeah, that's that's great. How about? What, and here's the
1: thing, though, if you if you do that, you enjoy yourself more as well, because even though you might not have picked the event or the food, everybody around you is so happy that you're enjoying yourself more. How
0: did you come upon that?
1: That I, I don't I don't know that it was something that I ever thought all that much about, but becoming a father really changed me. My daughters. She's 21. She's going to be 22 soon. Really changed me when when you have a kid and you start thinking about looking at the world through their eyes and their perspective. All I really wanted was for her to get the flavors that she wanted, so to speak, in her meals for her to do the things that she wanted in our weekends. And then through that experience, I realized this is a nice thing to do for anybody that you love. And so that's how I I try to do that.
0: That's a great that's a great takeaway for this. We should end right now. <laughs> that's great. All right. Uh,
1: Whenever look, you're ready.
0: No, no, I'm just teasing you. Uh, could you could you tell <laughs> me what your if you have one what your most embarrassing moment is was? <laughs> that's
1: a tough question.
0: Uh, Unless you've had one.
1: You know. I don't have, like, like any horribly awkward, you know, I found myself dancing on a bar naked and the liquor wore off sort of stories. I don't have anything like that, but I, I will tell you I did struggle with being embarrassed. I, I mentioned you before, I, I ran for public office three times, and, and I won twice. And those two times were really exciting. Those were really fun nights. The, the time that I lost, it's it's hard not to feel embarrassed. Uh, It's hard not to feel like, like, everybody's looking at you and thinking, oh, poor Mark. And mm-hmm. so that was that was sort of an awkward – I don't know if embarrassed is necessarily the right word, but that was sort of an awkward evening for me.
0: That's a good answer. But, you you know, you put yourself out there, too, so you have to know that it
1: – Listen, you know, I had this conversation with somebody recently. They were telling me that, uh, that somebody had read some of my work and expressed to them that they were – not in agreement and with my perspective, and even wondered whether or not I was the right person to be, uh, you know, representing dealers inside, you know, a company that's really all about dealers, right? Benjamin Moore is all about their dealers, and and so my answer to that person was this: I'm not trying to make 100% of everybody out there love me. What I'm trying to do is start a conversation. And then for those that are already started the conversation with me, I'm trying to keep them engaged and continuing in that conversation. And I understand that some people through that process are going to be offended by either the way I am, because you know yourself, you're trying to make a presence on social media. The only way to get noticed on social media is to stand up and scream and say, here I am, here I am. Some people are offended by that. And, and sometimes when you're out there as much as I am and you have strong opinions, which I admit I do, sometimes I say things that, that you know, people don't appreciate. Listen, I, 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 don't, I don't expect you to agree with me. I expect you to just uh, do what I would do for you, which is listen to what I have to say and consider my perspective.
0: So, great, great answer. And I have another question to follow up on that. So you do put yourself out there, you write blogs, you, you write here and there. How do you personally deal with, um, a bad comment, a bad, uh, I'm sure you've got them. Uh, yeah. I mean, just an off the wall, bad comment that, you know, you're, yeah. a hor- you're a horrible
1: writer or this isn't true yeah. or, or sure. Williams yeah.
0: is better or whatever it might be.
1: Yeah. So you, you get those Ryan. Right. And, and I'm read at this point, I'm read somewhere in the forty to 50,000 times a month range. Wow. And, and so you're not going to get read 40,000 times a month and, and not have people that, that don't like you, right? And so to me, you have no choice but to just say, listen, you, you don't know me. So if you don't like my writing, I'm okay with that. There's magazines I don't read because I don't like the writing. There's books I don't read because I don't like the writing. I'm okay with that. If you say you don't like me, well, I'm okay with that, too, because you don't know me. You know one dimension of me. You know me as the writer, and so you may look and think, well, listen, I disagree with Mark often. He's you know somewhat abrasive in his writing, so I don't like him, but... You haven't seen the rest of Mark. I feed homeless people. I love my family. You know, I do all these other things. So you'd probably like me if you knew me, <laughs> right? But but you don't. So I just have to accept that, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. It's tough. I mean, I get some comments. It's tough. But, yeah.
1: It's tough. Uh, One thing I will tell you, Ryan, if if that bothers you, run for public office and serve for a couple of years. It'll n- never bother you anymore. <laughs> Because when you run for public office, it's not unusual for me when, when I was on the board, it wasn't unusual for me to get emails that started, You're an idiot. Like that that would be like the intro. And and so eventually you just get so used to it that it's you know, it, it, it just becomes background noise.
0: Oh boy. All right. Um if you could, if you could do anything that you wanted, a skill that you don't have
1: right now, do
0: you do you have something in mind?
1: Absolutely, I don't even have to think about it. I've wanted to be a rock and roll guitarist my entire life. That's the same answer that I would have. <laughs> oh my God, I wanted. I play such a good air guitar, Ryan. I don't know how. I wouldn't be able to transition that into rock star. But I've, I've never been able to pull it off, but I, I want to. I still, to this day, I listen to a lot of music that's very heavy guitar. That's just the nature of what I listen to. It's always me playing when I'm listening. Do you play any instruments? Not a thing. I'm talentless. No? Okay. No, I'm absolutely talentless. Absolutely I'm- talentless. The, I'll tell you a funny story, actually. I'll tell you a funny story. My daughter and I were taking guitar lessons for a little while. And and I was trying my best. I was really trying my best. I'm left-handed, and the guy's teaching me right-handed because so many of the guitars, you know, they're set up that way. And so after a few weeks or months, whatever it was, I said to him, you know, I think the problem is that I'm, I'm playing this upside down. Can we switch it to left-handed? And he looked at me, and he said, it's not going to make a difference for you. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, am I that bad? And he's like, yeah, you're really that bad. Oh, no. You know? Hey. I'm See, glad he saved me a lot of money, right? <laughs> I would have switched the guitar over and spent another thousand on lessons.
0: I play the I was in the, the, the marching band, the jazz band, I play saxophone, I played a bassoon, and it does not correlate cool. over to playing a guitar. Um No.
1: Listen, <laughs> nobody's gonna scream and, and throw their clothing at you playing a bassoon. <laughs> right? They got you gotta be using a guitar. That's the only thing that does it.
0: You got it. Um, what's the perfect day for you? You wake up tomorrow, what what would you do? What's a perfect, just a perfect day?
1: You know, for me, a perfect day has to involve uh, time in front of my computer. I need to write or, or on my phone. I do a lot of writing on my phone. I need to write every day, even if it's just for diary uh, type stuff, even if it's just notes to self. Uh, I have to be with my family. I have to speak to my daughter uh if it's going to be a good day i've spoken to my daughter i've maybe cooked dinner for my uh for my fiance and maybe taken a hike or gotten some sort of fresh air in my lungs that would be a pretty great day for me
0: that sounds like a great day yeah they're fun um my last question but it's a a three-parter um what are your three top goals for for next year
1: I hope to continue doing what I'm doing for the next couple of years, and, and I'm hoping that uh, the work that I'm working on now hits the market and, and shows some success so I can move on to some other projects. You know, we're going to be doing a lot of things, uh, you know, podcasts and Instagram and other things to sort of connect Benjamin more to their retailers and vice versa, and so I'm, I'm hoping to be able to do more of that next year but different topics hmm. move on from the projects we're working on
0: cool all right is there anything you want to promote you want to uh mention your blog or anything that i mean, people can find you
1: yeah it's the blog is mark and and you can find me on linkedin just mark lipton or mark lipton paint just about anything with my name and the word paint is, is going to lead to me now. I'm writing in a lot of places. I've got a lot of content out there. So if you're interested, you know, follow along, and I think you'll enjoy what the what people are saying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's well worth it. I mean, I, I, I love it. And that's where I met you. I'm Thank like, you, Ryan. I really yeah. appreciate that. So I, I appreciate your time, definitely.
1: Uh, All right, man. You. Nice to hear from you. Take absolutely. care. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. Right. You got it. Bye-bye.